The Dark Word is a podcast about writing, writers, and those who read those writers. The goal of this podcast is to focus on the profession of writing, whether it be the creative process, the business side of things, or simply offering advice on how to be a pro. We'll be hearing from some of the best in the business over the upcoming episodes. And true to our name, The Dark Word focuses on writers who tend to hang out in the shadowy side of the room. These are the names you think of when you hear horror, suspense, noir. The names who have chilled you and thrilled you. So follow me down this dark hallway, because there's someone I'm dying for you to meet. Dying for you to meet. Dying for you to meet. And welcome to the dark word, as always. I'm your host, Philip Fricassi. I'm thrilled that you guys are here today. I have a wonderful guest, one of the hottest new writers in horror. Uh, Mr. Eric LaRocca is with me today. Eric is the author of several works of horror and dark fiction, including the viral sensation, which we'll talk about. Things have gotten worse since we last spoke. He is an active member of the Horror Writers Association and currently resides in Boston, Massachusetts with his partner. For more information, please follow at Hysteric Teeth, that's Hysteric with a C, on Twitter slash Instagram, or visit ericlaraca.com. Eric, thanks so much for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Uh, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm excited too. So I, I'm, you know, you and I have, we've, we've only been able to meet sporadically, and I've never really been able to get uh, the story that I'm really dying to hear today. And but before we get to that, I want to talk about. I like to always like give the guest uh, the opportunity to discuss your first, uh, your first sale. And who it was to and how it felt and did you learn anything interesting from it? Uh, and do you remember what your first sale was? Ooh, um, that's a great question. I mean, my first like pro sale, right? We're talking. Yeah, whatever you feel like, even, yeah, whatever you feel is your, pro- I mean, I, I, I think I can't remember which one of the writers that was, I was speaking with, they had like a college, they sold something to college paper for like a dollar. So whatever you feel counts as like your first, like, oh, this is my first breakthrough. Like the first time you were like, woo, I sold something. Gotcha. Okay. I would definitely say that my first like big breakthrough was uh, a short story that I wrote called If My Face Were Transparent, You'd See the Devil. And it was sold to a publisher that was known as Comet Press, but they've since rebranded as Red Room Press. Um, And it was for an anthology called Stiff Things. And I remember seeing the call for submissions for that. And I was, you know, in college at the time, I was an undergrad student at uh, Western Connecticut State University. And I was studying fiction and, you know, creative writing. And um, I was really into like erotic horror, erotic queer horror, which I still am very invested in that. Mm -hmm. Um, But the, the call for submissions was for... Uh, you know, just disturbing, transgressive content. And I was like, I need to write something for this. So I wrote specifically something for the call and sent it. I, you know, had a professor uh, workshop it with me, make sure, you know, it, it was as polished as it could be, which I definitely recommend all writers do. Like, you know, workshops are so vital to any, any writer, um, like, 
you know, just the workshopping process and, you know, just to have a mentor is really important too. And I, I was lucky that I had, um, a lot of really solid relationships with, um, my professors in undergrad and then grad program. But, um, you know, I sent, I, so I sent the, the piece to them and, and it was accepted, uh, like a few months later. And it was just like a huge, huge deal for me. And, um, it was just like one of the, it was one of those moments where I was like, wow, like I, I can do this. You know, it was yeah. that moment of like validation where it was like this, like I wanted something really bad and it, it happened for me, you know, and it, it just like opened that door and it just, it was such a, such a great feeling. And I, I, I hope, I wish that for every writer listening, you know, like it's such a great moment when that happens. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And that's why I love to ask writers when they come on what that first experience was, because everyone has such a different, unique answer and it's always fascinating. And, um, what I was going to ask you two questions to follow up on that. One is, uh, had you been uh, submitting a lot up to that point or was it one of those things where like first submission bang? Um, I had been submitting, you know, pretty regularly, uh, throughout my undergrad career and, uh, I, I submitted to a few like non-paying markets uh, just because I really, I just, I really wanted to be published. You know, sure. I really wanted that validation. I wanted that approval from people. And um, I did get a few like non-paying uh, gigs, you know, when I was like a sophomore, junior, and then like senior year, I saw the call for submissions for, from this specific press. And I was like, I'm just going to go for it. And it was a pro rate sale. Oh, congratulations. Um, That's great. So I was like, I, I just want to go for it and see if I can, uh, you know, write something, write something for them. And, and I did, and it was just, it's great. And I, I look back at that story and, um, I'm actually like really proud of that piece. Like it really, Mm -hmm. you know, if you look back at that piece and then look at some of my later work, like you can definitely see like a through line, like the themes that I'm interested in and like, uh, you know, just the ideas that I like to explore. Like it was a really great, um, like introduction for me to the world of, of horror readers, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And let me ask you the question. Let me ask you, you mentioned the workshop with your professor. What, and you like, uh, and I, you correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you have an MFA or you had, went to an MFA program. Is that right? Yeah. I went to Emerson. Yeah. Oh, great. great. That's great. So is, what is the, um, so when you say workshop, because when I think of workshop, I think of, uh, you know, a table with like 12 people sitting around and all telling me how bad my story is. So, (laughs) So I'm very curious to hear what, what your version of a workshop would be and what, what, and how would you apply you're, when you think about this, when you're answering, how would you apply to someone who maybe doesn't have access to, you know, maybe isn't a college, isn't a school person or a college person, but maybe who is um, like, is there a workshop that, that works with like friends or peers or how would you yeah, describe it? Yeah, definitely. I, that's a good point because, you know, not everybody has access to, um, you know, that kind of education. And I totally, I totally get that. I think any, any sort of group that you're in with other like-minded individuals who are interested in furthering their craft and developing their voice. I think if you find that group of people, like you'll be golden, you know what I mean? Like you'll you'll be fine. You know, you just have to find 
uh, those people. And when I first moved to Boston after I graduated my MFA program, I did like a little workshop with, um, you know, a friend that I had met at work. Uh, she was like, you know, I'm, I write poetry. And I was like, oh, like I write short stories. And she said, why don't you come to this workshop that, you know, me and my friends do? And um, it was great. Like you can find that in any, I feel like in any city, they'll have like little meetup uh, things that you can do. And, um, you know, so definitely don't be afraid to look for that. Um, if, if you, you aren't like in a, a university program. Yeah. Um, and I think in the age of social media, it's also a pretty, you know, easy to reach out to like, my Oh, people, totally. Right? Totally. And even just like reaching out to people in your, your circle that, you know, online, like on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, yeah. like just reach out to them and say like, Hey, I have this new story. Would you mind beta reading it for me and just giving me some notes? Like people are very, very willing. I found to help other people like in creativity, you know? Yeah. And you know, I think, I think on that point, I think, and I've heard this from outside, you know, people, people outside the community that the horror community in general uh, is very supportive of each other more so than a lot of other genre communities and this is something that i've been told that you know people people who have you know been familiar with you know people in the sci-fi community or fantasy community that apparently a lot of apparently in horror we all kind of have each other have each other's backs which is which is nice nice to hear okay so i want to jump to um things have gotten worse since we last spoke and you knew we were going to talk about it because it's a really fascinating because i want to know as much of the inside story as you're willing to take tell because i because here's okay, I'm going to give you like I'm the guy, I'm the I'm the guy on the outside looking in, right? So my perspective is this: uh, you have this novella which has a fantastic, smashing cover. Uh, there's a lot of you know chatter about it. A lot of, I'm, I'm hearing the chatter, and I'm like, okay, I want to ch- I want to check I want to check this out. And then it seemed like, and I read it and I loved it, and, and you know whatever, and I totally kind of got like, oh, I get why it's kind of getting some traction for sure, and and um, and then it was like something like exploded yeah like somebody somebody somewhere you know uh lit a fuse and and it just kind of blew up into this insane thing i you know we use the word viral but it became it kind of became like a a viral sensation and uh oh. and i know that there was like a reddit sort of thing involved and i know that i do but i'm try, what's the and then we'll get into like the publishing because i want to talk about how you maneuvered between publishers in a second because i think that's really interesting yeah. but can you, what's the inside scoop on like that moment? Like what happened? Cause it was awesome to sort of see. And I'm very curious. Yeah, it was, you know. it was insane to live through. Like I look back at that, those months, like June, like maybe, maybe May, 2021 through October, 2021 was like just insane to live through because when we did the cover reveal through Nightworms, it got, uh, retweeted by Trevor Henderson, who's like a really cool, yeah. like uh, artist for. He does like a lot of really interesting like creature designs and yeah, and he's he a huge like, following. He's got like hundred yeah, he has a huge following, and his followers just like completely just were rabid and just like in a good way, you know, like they right. they just retweeted it. Um, got like it it really I feel like a lot of it was Trevor's doing like his his reach and his influence so the cover reveal went like really really well and pre-orders were really strong and then 
it just got into the hands of uh, people on TikTok. And it- Oh, TikTok, just, okay. Yeah, it was really TikTok that did everything for that book. It just got into the right hands, the right uh, people with, you know, big, big followings on TikTok. And, um, you know, everybody had an opinion about the book, which was, mm -hmm. which was great. Like, yeah. I remember talking to my, to my manager about it. Um, and, you know, he was telling me the, the worst thing that can happen when you release something is like, nobody, nobody really like indifference, you know, right, right, right. But when you release something and people have a reaction to it, like a visceral reaction and they either love it or they hate it, that's like true success as an artist, you know, like yeah. to, to, to be that polarizing, like all the, all the authors that I love, like all the filmmakers that I love, like they're very polarizing people. Like they create films that are, and books that are not, you know, uh, easy to consume. They're not easy to define and they, um, they kind of take on a life of their own and they, they inspire, um, conversation. And I think that's what really happened with the book is, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the good praise that came out of it, like inspired people to read it. But then a lot of the really negative reactions to the book made other people say, Oh, I want to read this and, and see <laughs> right. for myself what it's like, you know, I'll let you know how gross this story is. Right. Uh, and, but you know, it's interesting. I say that, I say that tongue in cheek, but cause the reality is it's really not, I mean, it's, it's uh, scary and there's, and there's some physical, horror but it's sure. but i've read much much worse it's not like oh, totally, it totally totally but it's weird that people have those strong opinions because a lot of times that's reserved for stuff that's more like in really in your face and i didn't think that that's what this book was at all i thought it was actually pretty nuanced it was really well, more, about, it was really more psychological in a, you know it, it was yeah, yeah no i'm glad you see that i think yeah. basically what happened was was because it became such a viral smash on tiktok it it um it reached a point where it wasn't any it, it wasn't in the horror reader sphere right, anymore. Right, it was like right. it was in it was in the the you know the the knowledge of people who um and not bashing them like people who read like ya people who read literary fiction like people they're, they're just not used like, to it yeah they're not like used to that kind of like things have gotten worse since we last spoke is a very niche horror book and honestly it really had no business being the viral success that it was considering like the content and how it's written, but it just did. And it just like exploded and it, and it went into other reader circles than it was kind of designed to, you know, like it wasn't, right. it wasn't intended for those audiences, but they picked it up anyway. And I'm super grateful that they did. But um, I think maybe that's kind of why there was some controversy around it just because you know, it, it was being consumed by people who maybe, uh, you know, aren't really in the horror genre. But I mean, that's right. just, you know, if if a, if a good book is a good book, then it doesn't like the genre really shouldn't play that big of a role in it. No, for know? sure. And, and and as you know, we, you know, us writers, we always say to each other when, you know, that first one star review is a, is a badge of honor because it means you oh, reached a wider, it means you yeah. reached a wider readership that you're, you're getting to people totally. that are outside there, you know, that are outside that your, your comfort zone. Okay. So you, so you had the, you had the viral sensation that was things that things have gotten worse since we last spoke. And that was with weird punk books. Yeah. And then you also had 
uh, this is 2021, and at any point, if I'm wrong, please correct me. Uh, okay. The Strange Things We Become in Other Dark Tales, yep. which was Off Limits Press. Correct. And, and then, and then the, 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 you know, the zeitgeist happened, and, and you, you ended up on the other side of this whole thing doing a deal with Titan Books. Yes. And yeah. where, where, where you were basically re you basically put the first two the two books i just mentioned who were with very with indie but obviously you know wonderful publishers who who got the books out there and who believed in you and which is a, such an important thing but then yeah. those guys you know we, those went out of print so you could reach a, reach a much wider audience with titan which is a whole different level of publisher obviously and promotion and right. distribution and everything else so how if you don't mind talking about it, or at least talk about the things that you're comfortable talking about but i know it's fascinating for a lot of writers to hear like how did you make that transition, um, you know, from from kind of those uh, from some of those more indie presses to 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 you know reworking those titles for for Titan Books? Yeah, I mean, it it kind of was like a a big whirlwind because Titan, uh, an editor at Titan, um, who's now like the editor that I'm working with on all of my uh, material, uh, she saw the you know, the viral smash of things have gotten worse since we last spoke because of Sadie Hartman. Um, so she was following Sadie's feed and saw, you know, all of my, um, all of my little victories with things have gotten worse. And right. she reached out to Sam Richard at weird punk books and, you know, said, I'm very interested in, in reading a, a copy of, of, of this book. And, you know, we, like to consider, you know, doing the UK rights. And um, at the time, like Sam was kind of on the fence because he was like, you know, I already own the the world rights for the book. Like, you know, it, it was kind of a, a situation where he had to really kind of think, like, do I want to, to do this? Like, do I, you know, he obviously didn't want to stand in my way, which I really appreciate because he, he did me like a huge, huge favor just sending them the, the PDF, like, Right. To begin with, you know, um, and then it kind of turned into like a bigger conversation and, uh, you know, without getting too much into it, we like Sam and I, we kind of had a discussion and my manager was involved. And at the time, like I was just uh, getting signed on with a literary agent um, because of, you know, the the success of things have gotten worse. I was like, mm -hmm. I definitely need um you know, somebody in my corner to do these, like, to help me with these decisions, you know? Right. Um, so it, it just kind of snowballed. And then uh, eventually uh, we kind of made an arrangement with Sam where we would pull the book and, uh, you know, uh, I, 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 I probably shouldn't get into like the arrangement that we came to, but uh, basically we, we ended up pulling the book from weird punk. It went out of print. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was going to be packaged, uh, it was going to be sold to Titan, uh, and it uh, was going to be published with two other pieces, because the, the novella was so short that um, their printer, like, wouldn't print a book that right. small, you know, so uh, we needed a little bit more content to kind of fill, fill the book. So luckily, I had two pieces that I had already been working on for maybe a few months and um 
you know, this, this is a good point for me to say to any listeners who are writers, readers, which probably most, most of them are, um, you know, always be generating content, always be writing, even when, you know, obviously you can take breaks. Like I take breaks all the time. They're great, but always be generating new ideas, new content, because you never know when somebody's going to knock on your door and say, this is great. What else you got? You know? Um, and luckily I had pieces ready in my trunk that I could just give to Titan and say, look, you know, these are what I have. Like, what do you think? And, uh, it, it saved me in a lot of ways. So I think that's my big advice to people is, is to always be just always be churning out ideas and, and just, uh, just be, you know, writing, um, because it's so important, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, I went through a, a similar experience just so you know, you know, it's not for people listening. It's not super uncommon because what you, because I had like, um, I had a couple of chat books come out with uh, Dunham's Manor Press. I had Mother and Alter come out and they did very well. And then Journalstone wanted to uh, uh, package, you know, they wanted to, cause the stories were getting some, you know, some, some success with readership. And so Journalstone, to your point, wanted to package the two stories into a coll- into a collection, and they asked yeah. me if I had enough material for a collection, and I did barely, and that right. became Behold the Void, which was my first story. So yeah, you want to always have, you always want to be writing content, and because you never, to your point, you never know if you have one story take off, and you get a phone call or an email saying, hey, we you know we would like to see more from you, you want to have it have it you know handy, and um, okay, so things have, and that became things have gone worse since we last spoke. And, and I'm sorry. And what was the full title? And and um, and other titans. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, and other misfortunes. And other misfortunes. Okay. And then and that's coming out in September of this On year, September correct? September six. Yeah. Okay. September great. Six this year. Yeah. Okay. Great. And then the book that we, the other book that we talked about, which was the strange things we become in other dark tales, that is also being reprinted by Titan, right? Yes. So that's under a different title. Under a different title, it's going to be um, published under. Uh, the trees grew because I bled their collected stories and it's going to be published in uh, March of next year as like a hardcover and an ebook. Um, and that situation was like very straightforward with, with off limits press, like a little bit, it was a little bit less um, difficult to navigate because with things have gotten worse. Um, it was such a, a huge smash. Like I had already sold the audio rights to the book for things have gotten worse. Okay. So the audio was kind of um, like an issue for a little while, but with the strange thing we become, um, you know, I hadn't really sold any, any audio rights. Um, So that's another thing I should tell listeners is, um, you know, be very careful with giving away like rights to your, to your pieces, because once you give something away, it's very hard to get it back, you know? Exactly. And, 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 you know, keep a, keep a, you know, when you're working on a contract, this is something that I learned the hard way is, uh, you know, you make sure those, make sure those, uh, those years are as low as you can get them as far mm-hmm. as like what you're giving, what you're giving somebody an exclusive to if you, So w- with a lot of audio providers, they ask for either like a seven year, 10 year exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're kind of in a situation where you're working, maybe, you know, to your point, uh, in the, you're kind of in the early goings, you might want to be careful about giving somebody the rights for seven years to a short story, for example, right. because yeah. if, if, you know, random house comes knocking and they want a collection and your best short story is tied up with, you know, um, some audio company that they don't, that is not them, you know, you won't be able to have that story in their collection. And 
So yeah, you gotta I've, be careful I've giving kind of, stuff away, you know? I've kind of learned, like, be very careful with just audio rights because they do tend, they seem to last longer than traditional publishing, like, right. you know, book contracts. Um, so, like, just for instance, I self-published um, a novella earlier this year just as, like, kind of, like, kind of like a charity thing, like 50% of the proceeds go to Trans Lifeline. Um, and, you know, it's done really, really well. Like we've, we've sold over like 10,000 copies of this book. So, Amazing. but like my agent is very careful and she's like, you know, we're going to hold on to the audio rights for this one just in case, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, I just, you know, for anybody listening, like definitely just be very careful with, um, with contracts and like giving away your rights, you know? Yeah. And it's, 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 yeah, I think, I think, I don't know. I don't know if this is a rule of some generally speaking, but I think it's been for the contracts that I've, I've done. It's and correct me if I'm wrong, what you think, tell me what you think, but I think it's like, it's usually about five years for a print edition. And then it's usually audio. They want, like I said, they want like seven or 10 years. Yeah. I would say it, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, so yeah, you gotta be, and I'll tell you something in other thing you gotta be careful about with contracts that one of the big, big things is a right to reversion. So, and I'm sure this is something that you probably had to work with a little bit is because, uh, you know, in a contract to guys who are listening, you know, you want, there's gonna be a period of time when the rights revert to you. So let's say Eric sold his book to, you know, Titan and the book didn't come out for X amount of time because whatever Titan was going through issues or whatever case might be. Uh, at some point, there's a clause in that contract that says if the book doesn't appear in a certain amount of time, those rights revert back to the author. Right. And yeah. and the, and after a certain period of time, you're either renewing the rights with the publisher or those rights are reverting back to you. That could be five years. It could be seven years. It could be 10 years. But at some point, you should be getting your rights back. And that's important for writers to think about because the last thing you want to do is sign a contract with somebody where you're giving away your rights forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and And yeah. even if the book comes out, um, that publisher now owns that those owns those rights and you can never do anything with those stories again without their permission. And I've been in that situation and it is not a good situation to be in. Ooh, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so sorry. <laughs> no, but it's a good business discussion. I think this is the kind of thing that's really helpful for, to hear from people, but okay. And then, and then you have, and I'm, and I'm bringing this stuff up because I find it kind of fascinating because you have a lot going on. You have the novella that you talked about, you self-published. And is, is, are either the, I know um, that that novella that you mentioned, that's going to be, that's kind of a charity thing. Is that going to be in the collection or is that a standalone? No, thing? that's a, that's a standalone piece. Okay. So I thought, you know, that's, that's called, you've lost a lot of blood. That's just its own thing. I had a novella come out in June through, uh, from Journalstone called we can never leave this place. And I actually have, a novella coming out at the end of October through Bad Hand Books um, called They Were Here Before Us. Right. So That's I, a limited edition piece. Uh, is that it? It's like signed 200 copies? Uh, yeah, it's like a limited edition, um, but there will be like unsigned copies available okay. as well. Okay. Yeah. I bought one of the signed ones. So. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. So, and then, and then you have, and then you have a, uh, I just want to wrap this all up. I'm glad to get my head around all this. And then you have a, a, a novel. Yes. Which recently was announced that you sold to clash books, right? Yep. Yeah. That's uh, it's uh, we had to push it back a little bit just so it doesn't Crowd. interfere with the, yeah. the Titan book coming out in March, but it's coming out 
June 2023, and it's called Everything the Darkness Eats. Yeah, and here's why I find that really interesting. By the way, congratulations. That's amazing. It's a lot of content. Mm-hmm. And for the guys, and don't be discouraged by hearing all Eric's releases because um, he's it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a ton of stuff to have coming out. And I've sort of had the same problem, and it can be a little stressful. Um, totally. But it's great, man. It's great. It's, it's border, it's, it you know, shows up not only prolificity, but also – you you know how desirable the the work is and how much how much how uh, eager the re- readers are to have it, but the uh, the I'm cur- I was curious and I'm and I don't want to put this in a negative light at all but I'm curious if w- were you let me put it this way was there any deals that you made prior to getting your agent where you now had to sort of like uh oh I kind of need to I kind of need to backtrack on that or I kind of wish maybe I had held on to that. Did you have that experience? And you don't have to name names or anything like that. I'm just curious if you went through anything like oh, that. Oh, 100%. Since you, went, yeah. since you went from so – you kind of – since you went tr- – the trajectory was so fast, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that did – because I find that I find that an interesting thing that can happen. And, and it kind of goes back to the point of giving away rights because, you know, I think writers have to sort of – you have to kind of believe in yourself and you have to sort of bet on yourself a little bit. You want to get your stuff out there, but I think you want to be careful about giving a lot of stuff away – too early before you see maybe how something does, if that makes sense. Like if you maybe put the one novella out there and see how it does and then, okay, maybe I'll put something else out there. But I wouldn't just start like knocking out, you know, throwing stuff out everywhere because what happens is is that, oh, you know, now I just blew up and now all of this stuff becomes much more valuable. Um, Yeah, that was a huge problem for me. Like I, I I went through exactly what you're talking about. Um, It, you know, it just, I, I'm such an impatient person that I want, I want validation. Like right now, I want an acceptance right now. Like I want my work out there right now and publishing moves very, yep. very slow. Yep. So, um, you know, there were, there were, uh, I'm not going to name names obviously, but like, um, you know, there were, there were situations where I was like, I really regret, um, giving away these rights that, um, you know, just based on the reaction, like the response I've received, I I didn't expect any of it. And that's what I really want to impress upon people is that like, it can happen, you know, a big blow up, like huge smash can happen. It's not like, it's not just a pipe dream. Like it could, it could happen to you and you have to be prepared for it mentally because yeah. it will chip away at your, it will chip away at your ego when you read like horrible things about written about you online that are like not even in the realm of like reality, you know. Right. Um, but then just you know signing away rights to 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 people that you know you might have gotten a better advance if you went with a different um, publisher and yeah. um, you know you might be able to get a bigger advance if you didn't, if you hadn't already sold those specific rights to somebody else, you know? Um, so it, it was, it was kind of a difficult tightrope to walk for a little while, but I think everything is kind of smoothed out. Everything's settled down now. Right. And I'm working with like people that I really love, really want to work with. And, um, you know, I would just say to people just, you know, just slow down. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't take my own advice, but I'm going to give you advice. Like you don't, you don't need to, you don't need to like 
give all your rights away. You don't need to submit everywhere. Like just, you know, do what you can be like, just be, be very, um, be responsible when you submit and make sure it's a place that you really, really love that you really want your work to be showcased. Um, that, that's basically like my biggest advice because you don't want to regret, um, any contracts that you sign. Yeah. And I think, I think another way to think about it is just always be thinking long-term, you know, always be be thinking about the future. And, um, and, and, you know, it doesn't even have to be like a huge viral hit like you had. It could be just like, Hey, maybe some, maybe like Kath Treekman or whoever the editor was that you were mentioning, maybe they just noticed you on, you know, maybe they noticed your work or maybe they happened to read one of your books or or whatever, or just maybe they read an anthology day and they loved your style and they may reach out to you. So you never know when you're going to get that break. And so you just want to kind of always be cautious about, to your point, over giving stuff, you know, out there just, just to get it out there. Or if you do get it out there just to get it out there, you know, my advice would be just like, just make sure you can get it back. Yeah. <laughs> if you need to. Oh, one other thing I want, we don't have, I have a few more minutes, but I want to, things I want, other things I want to touch on. You said something in an interview that I thought was really important. Uh, I think it's, a, I think it's something that so many writers go through and you were talking about how, uh, uh when you first started out, you, you were, really over worrying about <clears throat> what readers thought mm-hmm. and, and, and you were kind of getting hurt by reviews and you kind of mentioned this a minute ago, but, and then you kind of shifted to thinking less about what others would think and more what you would think about it. <clears throat> so my question is, you know, how, can you kind of talk a little bit about that and how that's progressed, you know, for you, that kind of feeling of going from one, one extreme to the, you know, not one extreme, but from one side of that to the other. Cause it is really hard for early writers when you first get your work out there and it's shocking and it's, it's daunting and it's hurtful when like you realize there's people that are going to like come after you. Totally. Totally. <laughs> and yeah, can you talk a little bit about your experience with that and, and experience with that transition, that transformation? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a long journey. It's a long road. I'm still walking it. I'm not like, I feel like I'm not completely on the other side yet because I will go and I I will be a masochist and I'll look at reviews sometimes. And, um, but I think what I do differently now is I don't, I, I don't, I just try not to take them as personally. I try to think kind thoughts about myself and I try to remember the kind things that people have said about me and the people who have reached out, who have been, you know, inspired by my writing, by my persistence. I mean, that's really big. Um, You know, back in the beginning, like when I self-published my first novella, which is now out of print, um, you know, I was checking Goodreads constantly and, you know, any negative thing, it just really, it really hurt. And I think I just had to reach a point. I think things have gotten worse, made me grow up in a lot of ways because I was getting hurled negative reviews day after day after day after day that it just became, it it just got to a point where I'm like, I can't even keep up with the negativity anymore. Like, why am I trying to, you know, like I'm at a point now where, um, you know, I get negative reviews constantly. You can't please everybody. I'm just, I'm never going to, I'm never going to write a book that everybody's going to love. And that's, that's fine. Like I'm at peace with that. I, I know that like the people that we've sent the book to for blurbs, I know that they genuinely liked it. I know that, um, you know, there were viewers that gave it five stars or four stars. Like, um, I know that they enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, I, 
that's that's really those are the important things and i mean not even that like star ratings are that important but i'm just saying like you know focus on the positivity that's what i try to do i try to i just try to be mindful of like all of my blessings and just um you know i i just try to kind of block out the negativity as much as possible and a huge huge piece of advice is don't go on goodreads and then like look for negative reviews and then think that you're going to be able to like write after you look at them because <laughs> right. it's just not, like that just doesn't work for me. So what I try to do is like, you know, I just try to develop a routine in the morning where like I do my cup of tea. I listen to some music. I make sure like, I don't look at anything like social media related until like a specific time. Um, you know, I try to do my writing and um, you know, at, at it just, I'm just trying to basically create content that I want to read and that I find really interesting and unique. And, you know, the, the, the people surrounding me, I know that they really support me. Like my boyfriend's so supportive. My parents are like, that's really like, I think I reached a point where I was just like, you know, the people that love me and that care about me and that have shown me love, like they get me. And that's really all all I need. Like, I, I don't need approval from, from people that I don't know online. Like, it's just not real. Like none of that's real. Like, you know, we live in, we live, we live outside of the internet. Like the internet is, uh, like a, it's not like nothing's real on there. So I just, I try to block out as much as the, of, of the negativity as much as possible. And I'll tell you like connecting with other writers and people that I've admired for, like years, I'm not going to like name drop or anything, but like people that I read regularly growing up that I'm now friends with, like that, that's a huge, that's a huge accomplishment for me. Like that's a huge, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's just so wonderful to be able to have like a little community of writers that, you know, support one another and are kind to one another. And, um, it just, it, it really like lifts my spirits on the bad days when like, you know, I happen to come across a bad review or like, you know, a contract falls through or like, or gets set back or something. So, um, you know, for anybody listening that does peek at reviews, try not to do it as much as, try not to do it as much as I do. And, uh, you know, just think of the, 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 the positives and, you know, think of why you write, you don't write for, other people's approval like you write because it's in you it's it's a part of you and you know you would die if you couldn't get your ideas onto the page and I just that's what I hold on to yeah and I think you made some really wonderful points and I think it's ultimately and I've said this before in this podcast but it's ultimately it's about it's about to your point about writing for yourself it's writing in your voice and it's writing what you want to write and you'll and those you'll find you'll find an audience and the guys who are leaving negative reviews or hurling insults are not your audience, but you will find your audience. You know, I did feel much better about myself. I think it was a few months ago. I was on Twitter and I saw Joe Abercrombie mm-hmm. had po- posted a good reads review and was kind of like snarky about it. And I was like, thank God. I'm, it's not just me. Like if Joe Abercrombie, who's sold millions and millions of books and is this huge success is still going on Goodreads and bitching about a bad review, then I feel right. much better for myself. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, but don't put, yeah, but that said, don't, don't do it. Don't, you know, or, you know, don't take it personally. And I always, I, I, I repeat this on every podcast too, but I think it's worth repeating. It's like, look, it's art. 
it's art and art is subjective. You know, no one likes this, you know, you put a hundred people in a room and show them a painting. They're not all going to like the same painting. You, 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 you play a song. They're not all going to like the song. Exactly. And that's okay because those musicians are still going to write music and those painters are still going to create art and writers are still going to write. And don't feel bad if two or three people or 20 people or whatever say, you know, or don't connect with your work because there'll be another 20 or 30 people who will. And that's exactly, exactly. You'll find your audience. Like it just, you will find your audience. Eric and I guarantee it. Uh, all right, buddy. Well, listen, this has been amazing. We're out of time. I'm going to cut out. Uh, and I just want to say thank you so much, uh, for, uh, for being here and, uh, people should go to ericlarocca.com to get all the updated information on his, uh, upcoming releases. And, um, and I just can't tell you how much I appreciate your time, dude. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. It was great talking with you. All right, cool. And uh, to all you guys listening, uh, until next time uh, on The Dark Word. Hey, guys, it's Philip again. I wanted to let you know that you can buy any of the books discussed on The Dark Word at The Book House, which is Book and Film Globe's independent bookstore. Go to thebookhousemilburn.com. That's M-I-L-L-B-U-R-N com to shop online and support small independent booksellers or visit the actual store in Milburn, New Jersey, where you can buy books from all the authors we feature here on the dark word or the book and film globe podcast. Audio. Oh,